0: And welcome everyone to this new podcast here. And for the next several episodes, actually, we'll have the space to talk about COVID. Education, equity, and of course, Friends of Oxen Run. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, we should give some introductions. This um, speaking is Elijah Hines and my partner, Hannah Giles, and I are both juniors at Georgetown University, working with Professor Emily Gassoy in a course titled Education, Equity, and Advocacy. Um, and over the last few months, we've been tasked by Friends of Oxen Run Vice Chair Brenda Richardson um, to conduct the following interviews and to Uh, vocalize the longevity and the influence of this absolutely amazing organization. Um, Now, this podcast will span about seven episodes, and each will include our full interviews with each guest. Um, And Lahanna and I will be able to return at the end of each interview um, and just share some closing remarks, some reflections, and, um, you know, look into the following um, guest conversations. But for this premiere episode, Lahanna and I sat down with Friends of Ox and Run Vice Chair Brenda Richardson uh, now, there's a lot to get through with Brenda, so we'll just get right to it. And Lehanna and I will be back to close it out for today. So uh, let's get started.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Brenda Richardson. I am a resident of Ward 8. I am an eco feminist, and I work with Ab Jordan at the Friends of Oxen Run. Um, and the mission of the Friends is to preserve green space for future generations. And we do some wonderful things with outdoor learning.
0: Amazing. Brenda, I mean, you, you kind of answered our first question a little bit, but um, what would you say um, the uh, overall importance or why would you say that? No, actually, I'm going to rephrase it. Um, what would you say the overall importance of Friends of Oxen Run is and why is it such like an integral um, institution for, um, for the city?
1: Well, number one, I think the reason, one of the reasons it's so important is because Oxen Run Park is the largest park in the city's inventory in the District of Columbia. And I think that as a result of that, it's important. It's 2.7 miles and this city is very prone to development and it is our responsibility to protect our green space so that it is not developed and so that generations to come will have the opportunity to experience a natural environment with a robust tree canopy with a roaring stream and with all with the ecosystem in the park and um, the floral and the fauna, and I just think that it's so important for us to protect that.
2: That was great. And so, speaking of your response, the responsibility you all feel towards p- protecting the green spaces over in Ward Seven and Eight, um, what does outdoor education mean to you, and what does it
1: look like? Well, so outdoor education, we stumbled upon upon that quite by accident. Um, During the pandemic, it was really interesting to see how families that were a bit more wealthy than those of us who live in disfavored communities were able to educate their children with the pods during the pandemic. But those of us who were not as fortunate financially Uh, had no alternative. So thanks to the DC Coalition for Equitable Outdoor Learning, we were able to come up with this idea of doing something in Oxen Run Park, which has this beautiful amphitheater. And the beauty of it was we could mask up and we could practice social distancing and still educate our kids at the same time. And I think the other thing that it did, you guys, was it was also an opportunity to elevate our parents and our children because we were bouncing off the walls with cabin fever and having the opportunity to feel safe in the park and educating the kids was just really, really special. So the pandemic created something really special for us.
0: So, I mean, that, again, Brenda, that answer kind of already um, answered our, our last one, but um, if we are, if we're talking about after education, and I mean, you've already spoken such positive things about outdoor education, how? Um, specifically, how has the programming that you and four, um, you AB and the rest of four have been putting on, how has it been, um, I guess, enhancing the the community as a whole or the the people that um, that the people that are participating, how is it enhancing their their um, their lives and their personal um, education?
1: Well, it's it's been a remarkable experience. And I think of several things in particular. Um, We've always felt like Ward 7 is like our sister ward, and it created an opportunity for parents from Ward 7 and Ward 8 to connect in a very special way with their children through outdoor learning. Um, The other thing that it did was we were able to create a curriculum that was actually quite magnificent. I remember there was one parent in particular, we had um, one uh, workshop on music and math. And this mom had shared that her child had struggled with math. But as a result of this particular exercise, her child, it something clicked for her. And the child was able to connect with math and is now thriving. Um, in that subject. So that speaks to how this opportunity just created something really special that we hadn't even imagined. And then finally, I think that the other thing that it does, you guys, is it affords us to connect to nature. Um, And as we were connecting to nature, I remember when the kids were learning about worms, and there were two um, instructors from the Audubon Society, and they had these, These um, uh, the kids were looking at the worms through microscopes, and then they were digging for worms. And it was fascinating to watch kids digging for worms with their parents. That was really something to watch. Yeah. But I also believe that this opportunity gave us a chance to heal because we were connected to the trees, and the birds, and just in an environment that had become a sanctuary for us during this very, very critical crisis in our country. Uh, But even though we were in a crisis, we were able to survive and able to heal at the same time.
0: Brenda, can you give a, um, just like an an overview of like how, um, like a typical program would run with Friends Fox and Run, and just like Generally, what the like what the movement throughout that program would be?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you two examples. So uh, this past summer we did story time with MPD, our Metropolitan Police Department in the park. Um, and that served the purpose of, of course, outdoor learning, but it also served the purpose of helping our community, to interact with the police department in a very different way. Um, Folks don't always think of police as the good guys, when indeed they are. They protect us and they serve us. And so it was amazing to see 60 children sitting in the amphitheater while a captain of the police department read a book to them. And thanks to our DC Public Library, every child was able to go home with the book that was read to them. And they and the library also provided them with a second book. So that was really special because the kids could build their own libraries at home because we really, really support literacy. And I just wanted to share the latest example. This past Saturday, we were in the park with ArtReach which is a group from the ARC and George Washington University. We had 30 kids and you guys, they each had a canvas. It was landscape painting in the park. They each had a canvas and they had paint and they learned how to make orange paint and green paint. And the direction was to paint what you saw. So it was beautiful to see them painting clouds and trees and the stream. And then there was one kid who did abstract painting because it was her vision of what she saw in the park, but it was very precious. It was a wonderful opportunity to look through the lens of of the children with nature by actually having them use art. As a form of therapy to show us what they see, and it was amazing.
2: Brenda, you sort of mentioned this a little bit about how like outdoor education has sort of contributed to you know healing the community and how it can be therapeutic. and I guess I'm just curious as to like you know how do you envision this further impacting uh, the community in particular where it's seven and eight, and you know how, did, how does this look down the line for you?
1: well i hope it's something that will become a form of meaningful engage a form of meaningful engagement in authentically and intentionally healing disfavored communities and i really really mean that because you know so many times in in ward aid people make promises and commitments and then there everything is good until the money is gone And then when the money is gone, the program is gone and the people are gone. Well, our park is not going anywhere. And a lot of times I envision our community as like being on life support and the park is like our hospital and the IV is nature. And we go in the park and we get our IV and then we recover. And then we're strong enough to uh, go back out there and, fight the battle all over again. And it is my hope, you guys, that one day we don't have a battle to fight. Um, We we are soldiers and we're committed, but I would just like for our children to experience what it's like to live in a community that is showered with favor, where you get the benefits of being an African-American, living in Ward 8, Um, being very strong and appreciated for your brilliance and for your contributions to our community. I really, really hope to see that happen one day. And I think with our outdoor learning, that's possible because we don't have to have money. We've been so fortunate that everybody, they're such ambassadors of goodwill because everybody voluntarily came to do this for our community and that speaks volumes about who they are and what these folks stand for and if we can continue to do that i think that our community will just be in a place where our spirits are reignited and we get to reimagine our future in a really big way for our children's well-being for their mental and physical and spiritual well-being
0: and i feel like in that you you i mean you just spoke of like a, a, an innumerable amount of benefits to the to the community to the kids and to the families is are you through a programming through all programming have you um seen any tangible benefits or are tangible benefits um i don't know are, is, are, is the is the intangible benefit more important to you than any like actual um, like togetherness of the community like is the is the impact that, that this program is going to have on kids um, more important to you than the actual bringing together of your community or is there not a way that you can actually compare the two?
1: But I think both matter. I absolutely believe that both matter and Elijah, you just reminded me that as a result of us, Uh, doing the outdoor learning, because we were paying attention to what was going on with the outdoor learning, uh, we had, we started having these trauma breaks. And the trauma breaks were actually for the parents, because the parents were so overwhelmed. Can you imagine You go to work, your kids are in school or at daycare, and that's the way you've been doing things as part of your lifestyle. And then all of a sudden you've got your kids 24 seven and your kids have you 24 seven. And the parents, and I know, cause I am a parent, they were like, we just need a break. We just need a break. And so we did these trauma breaks in the park where we were doing yoga in the park for parents. And um, after the yoga, we were able to just have a conversation and it was so uplifting you guys because it it felt like we were on, we were in the Mother's Peace Garden in, in the park and it felt like sacred ground because we connected as a community because we discovered that we were all in pain. The pandemic had inflicted a lot of pain um, because there was fiscal financial hardship, um, people trying to feed their babies. and, And I think the biggest thing was grief because so many of us had someone who had died from the coronavirus and were trying to manage our grief. We're trying to mourn the loss of our loved ones, but we still have to take care of our kids and manage our lives. But I think the the one of the most intriguing things we did a youth trauma break with boys only, they were between the ages of 10 and 13. And uh, one of them was on anger management. And this one little boy said, so, the instructor um, was a man and he was talking about the three, three, their three levels of anger. And this little boy said, So that's why I'm a bully. So that's why I get angry. Cause he didn't understand and nobody had ever stopped to talk to him about it. And this instructor was teaching them to box and he said, You box your anger out. If there's nobody to talk to, then you box it out. And that was probably most one of the most heartfelt experiences that I've had because we did not realize that the boys were hurting just as much as everybody else was. I think the only
0: other question I have, at least, is um, if you were to look back, I guess, in this entire year, throughout this entire while, year and a half, however long the pandemic has been um, going on, what would you um, say would be the most long-lasting effect of for and its programming on the community?
1: I think the most long-lasting thing is I would love to see more people in the park. I think that it's and and a lot of people don't understand this that there's there's this whole element of fear that sort of overshadows a lot of things that we try to do in nature and um, and oxen run park has sort of been abandoned for quite some time i mean other than on saturdays and sundays because people always have barbecues and picnics and parties and all that stuff. But I'm talking about as it relates to walking the trails, um, riding on the trails, because if we did that, that's therapeutic. Um, and then it's also good for our mental and physical well being. I think that if we realize that the park is our land, so I like to say we keep public land in public hands but we have to take care of it. And the more of us that are in the park, the safer that we will feel. And I, it is my hope that one day during this pandemic, we will see 500 people in Oxen Run Park every day during the day doing something to ensure that they are healthy individually, that our families are healthy, And that in turn will create a very healthy and thriving community in and around the park. That's my hope. It it really, really is. And I just also wanna thank DPR, the Department of Parks and Recreation because they have been an incredible partner. And our mayor, um, she helped us survive the pandemic and and, uh, so grateful. Because at one time you could only have twenty five people in the park because we didn't know the how contagious this disease was, this virus was, and hats off to her for for keeping us safe um, and for us having to abide by their rules because every time we do something in the park, we have to get a permit. And they are very, very strict that we have to mask up and, We have to practice social distancing. And I think the last thing I will share you guys is that we could do more in the park. And I think that more people would spend more time in the park if we had public restrooms. So my dream is that you've got a 2.7 mile park, the largest park in the District of Columbia, and there are no public restrooms. So I hope that at some point, we can change that because i'm sure that that will create an opportunity for people not only to come to the park but spend more time in the park
0: Uh, well Hannah, i'm i'm very glad that we got to spend so much time with with brenda for that episode and i think it's a really perfect way to start us off on all these conversations that we're going to have going forward but um, like we mentioned at the at the top of this episode, I think it's a great time now that we can, um, kind of reflect and bring some, bring some thoughts together. Um, but I think with, with everything that we just listened to, I think one of the things that like has really stuck with me and is still sticking with me is, is Brenda's, um, IV metaphor. I think her, her, um, her point that nature is like this, um, this IV that is there to help and, and heal. Um, all of us through all the 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 pain and the trauma that we've been experiencing not I mean she was mentioning through COVID but I mean you can take it further that it's like it's during COVID pre-COVID and and moving past COVID I think that's it's like such a a strong message to say about the importance of of nature and being outside that I mean I certainly have like a big um big draw to I don't really I don't know about you. you what are you what do you think
2: yeah, I think Brenda did make some amazing analogies about like how nature can be like the IV and all of those things. And like, I think that's really powerful. And like, it's especially important to have like that, that perspective, because like, as you know, like communities of colors, like, you know, they don't get that much exposure to like, you know, nature and all of that stuff. And so to have that, that analogy be referenced to friend to Oxenron, um, I think that's amazing, and people need to hear about
0: it. Yeah, I think I mean it's 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 very impressive. I think to me that organizations like Friends of Rox Run have the ability to have such a strong impact in the community. In the community, and she was she was talking about how um, the trauma breaks that they were doing are have have been so successful that I mean the idea that uh, that uh, I mean this is not that crazy, but the the actual success of a community organization like Friends of Rox Run having people come out from the community to, to really get together and like talk and just like process through the grief that they've been going through throughout the throughout the last year year and a half two years. That's like like that's some that's amazing work. That
2: is though, so right? amazing. I agree. Like I noticed how it wasn't just for the students, right? They also had it for the parents. Yeah. yeah. It's just like yeah, that's incredible. it's taking into consideration how like everyone is being impacted and like I know the parents especially appreciated that because you don't see that many initiatives happening that also like support the parents of the students.
0: I think I think all of that just generally, it really just re-emphasizes, to me at least how successful Friends of Oxford Run has been over the last over the course of its creation. I mean, I mean, just trauma breaks alone are, are an incredible success. Um, the outreach in communities is an incredible se- success. But as Brenda was talking about in the episode, um, all the the actual curriculum that they're putting out is is very popular it's very successful kids are seeing like actual educational benefits from it she was talking about the, the music and math one that's the one i'm thinking of off the top of my mm-hmm. head it's like i mean and there'll be like i remember in the in the later interviews there are some other references to how successful um the yeah. program
1: i was just like, gonna
2: bring that up about like you know um ty's interview stood out to me the most about like how just attending the Friends of Oxen Runs events made her realize how important self-care was and just getting out and getting fresh air was for her. And I was like, that's so amazing.
0: It's very, it's absolutely amazing. And I mean, it's it's what Brenda said, that the, like the tangible, intangible benefits are, um, you know, just like essential for um, for Friends of Oxen Run. And I think that's very clear um, in in what Brenda said and what we've seen from um, Friends of Oxen Runs so far. I agree. Well, with all those takeaways, I think it's it's best that we thank Brenda again for for taking the time to to get to talk with us um, and really get into our our discussion. But um, for the next episode, we're going to continue our discussion with Friends of Oxen Run, COVID, its impact on education, all that stuff, um, with Friends of Oxen Run founder and chair Absalom Jordan. Um, and I know Lehan and I are very excited to, to share that conversation. So we will um, end this episode here, and we will um, see you all in the next episode. Mm-hmm.